Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Talking City podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. I am your host today, Ash Barami, and I am pleased to be joined by Ian Cheeseman. Afternoon. And a very happy Simon Baikowski. Hello. How are you, how are you both doing? Always happy to be on the podcast, Ash. I just tend to like to know <laughs> when I'm going to be asked to be on it. To be fair, I didn't know you had an interview today. No, tough. but as so. I've said, there are these things called phones yeah. and yeah. also email. Yeah. But, uh, but phones are tend to be used. Either. I tend to use a phone just to check the water and just Have you, right. go Have you got any popcorn while I'm just this? <laughs> <laughs> but we're here now, that's all that matters. I got the message. We're here now, that's all that matters. And I mean, we've had so many games now in the last few weeks and a few weeks ahead that we have even more coming. So we'll start, I mean, with Palace on the weekend. It, it was very much what we've seen from City before, haven't we? Uh, haven't we, Si? I mean, they've, they've started well, got the goal and just kind of just been very controlled, controlled in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it was a brilliant performance, um, but I kind of think we have to reassess how we're always framing City because you know it didn't look like they they weren't that clinical in the boxes Um, it could have been more comfortable afternoon for them but they did dominate possession and we've never seen a team get as far in a pursuit of four trophies and so if they want to take it easy having already made their superiority count on the scoreboard then that's up to them and that's a fault of the other teams who aren't able to match him rather than rather than City. I didn't think it was a great spectacle yesterday. Um, but, you know, it was a very important win and some quality goals. Yeah, and, and Ian, do you think, you almost get the sense that City are just almost like preserving them energy in games, that they're just getting the goal, sitting, like almost just controlling the game and not wanting to put exert too much energy into it. Yeah, that's definitely the feeling I get. It's been for a few weeks. You could even argue to a certain extent that happened in the first leg of the Champions League game at Tottenham. I know they lost that game, but it also felt like they had stuff in reserve and were holding back. And unusually for Pep, he set his team out. It felt to me not to be heavily beaten, um, come back perhaps with a draw, but always mindful of the fact that he didn't want to overexert his players energy-wise. I mean, obviously he's had a lot of questions thrown at him about whether they're in too many competitions and whether this is detrimental to what they're trying to achieve, whatever that might be, because he's always denied it's a quad that they're trying to achieve. It's just to win every game and to be successful as, as much as they can be. But it does feel as if that is a factor of trying to um, maintain a certain level of energy and fitness. And that's understandable. I, you know, I mean, they can't do that from here on in, certainly in the next three games, I would suggest. Uh, not just the next three, but particularly the next three, because they are huge, huge games with everything on the line. Um so, I mean, if, if they were to get through against Tottenham, arguably, there's a two-leg semi-final where they might try to manage one of those legs and then win it in the other leg. But overall now, that the time for all that saving of energy is gone and they, they've got to do it. But I, I agree with what Simon said. It was it was a job done rather than a spectacle. And I, and I heard a little bit of Roy Hodgson's press conference afterwards where he was asked about the gap between City and Liverpool 
Liverpool and, and other clubs of that sort of ilk and the rest and arguing that you know it, it, it didn't make for a good spectacle and I suppose I do have some sympathy with that question and, uh, and where it is if you're looking at it from a city's perspective like I am well I still enjoyed that game and still enjoyed that measure of control but I can understand maybe as a neutral you want more jeopardy and it to be more edge of the seat stuff and in recent weeks apart from that that game at Tottenham maybe there hasn't been much edge of the seat stuff because they've been in control no but then we didn't see much of the game because we were travelling back from Crystal Palace but the uh, Liverpool Chelsea game didn't seem to have much edge of your seat stuff Liverpool scored two goals and then could have conceded two but didn't and and that was about it so there was as much jeopardy in Liverpool Chelsea and uh, as there was City Palace I've seen like headlines today saying City are boring the way to the Premier League title just rubbish like it's not City's fault that they are so good collectively that they can beat a lot of teams in the league because that's just you know we saw that City had a City had a really expensively assembled squad under Manuel Pellegrini they had some a lot of these same players Sterling and De Bruyne and they messed up against teams like that because it's not just money or it's not just having the best players it takes a lot to put in a performance that good so it might have looked like an ordinary performance and an ordinary win and oh dull City win again but there's so much that goes into it I think it's a bit disrespectful towards City to uh, it's almost to easy write to, it off yeah it's almost easy to forget that the games at the start of the season almost like the Southamptons or the Huddersfield games it's almost like they've just completely forgot about that when you've come well, out with something like I mean that. it's a skill and if you know we should be celebrating brilliance I know the Premier League people like to think of the Premier League as the this most competitive league in the universe where everyone can be everyone but not everyone can be everyone and it's kind of a myth that we've all sold ourselves to to promote the league but you know when City are as good as they are they tend to beat most teams on the day when Liverpool are as good as they are they tend to beat most teams on the day that's why both of them are heading for like record Premier League points sallies almost yeah, yeah not- don't forget that this is unprecedented there's never been a league like this yeah. whoever finishes runners up in this league may well have got more points than most champions if not all, apart from City and the Centurions and, and this season, if it carries on like this. So this isn't normal and it won't carry on like this. No, no, but you know, but Liverpool have been as as dull as City, if you like. Chelsea game wasn't that exciting yesterday. You know, 3-0 win against Bournemouth at home or whatever it was, beating Watford easily. Like... They've got Cardiff and Huddersfield coming up. Yeah. Don't expect those to be uh, no. gripping uh, games. You know, they, they've fallen behind in a few games, but they've still come back to win. So Liverpool have been as, as boring as City have, but both have been phenomenal this season. Yeah, and in terms of that golfing class you were just saying, so si, I mean, Klopp yesterday was pretty much indicating that 97 points is the target for them yeah. to win the league and I think they're on 85 now and they need four more games left so that's them winning all their games. So it just goes to show that if City, I think the City can hit 99 points this year maximum so it's literally... 98. End, 98, 98. Yeah. So even then, I mean, you're looking at it and you kind of think, well... Anyone who drops points in the last five and four games left, then the league's gone. 
If you're I, using felt, that logic. I felt for weeks, honestly, that that Liverpool would win all their games and that the only way City would win the league was if they won all their games. And it, it will be ironic if City win the league by doing that, that, that Liverpool's last drop points were against Everton in a Merseyside derby. Um so I, I will particularly savour that yeah, if, if that was the way it ended. There's also um, the Independence chief football writer tweeted last night that if both teams win the games and City win the league, then Liverpool will have only lost one game this season to City and that result will have stopped them being champions, will have stopped them being invincibles and will have stopped them being centurions. So there's a hell of a lot riding on the last few weeks. And as much as Liverpool are in front, City, it's in their hands because if they win all the games, they're champions. That John Stone's clearance off the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liverpool could have had four records shattered by 11 millimetres. (laughs) But I mean, you're looking at these last five league games for City. I mean, we'll come on to the Champions League Spurs game in a minute. But you look, you think... City come away from with six points from Spurs and United then would you say Ian that the league you don't want to say the league's there but I mean anything less than the league from that position then it's almost like a choke well the game yesterday at Palace was tense especially once Palace got uh, that leveller from the free kick I would imagine that the games against United and Tottenham no matter what happens in the Champions League game on Wednesday are equally going to be tense uh, and a lot closer and City are going to have to exert you know their full repertoire if you like and the full energies but if they do get the other side of those two games with two more wins psychologically excuse me psychologically I can't deny that that City's fans and City even though they won't admit it publicly within the club the players will all start to feel we're nearly there now obviously that's a dangerous position to be in if you let it affect you because we saw that happen with Liverpool when they played Chelsea in that title race a few years ago Steven Gerrard you know famously doing the little huddle come on you know it's ours now and everything like that you can't do that even if they beat United and Spurs but I can't deny certainly as a fan and I'm not in the huddle I won't be slipping on the halfway line when Denver Bath <laughs> takes me on I'm not I'm not a player but I can't deny that get the other side of those two games next Thursday in other words if City is a top and are, and are, and have won those two games and have done it reasonably well I will start for the first time as I did after City won at Newcastle in 2012 with one game to go that was the first time I said it to that season I turned to my son and said we're going to win the league, you know. And I'd never said that before. And and I know we came it was close very, to not winning it. Very bold of you with a home game against QPR <laughs> to come. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the sort of, you know, the City fan in yeah, me that yeah, doesn't want yeah. to tempt fate. And, and I'm saying I did say that after that game. Which is unlike me and unlike a lot of City fans. And we saw how close that came to not actually happening. So even then, I nearly got it wrong. But I, I probably will turn to my my son after the, uh, the game against United, if we won the two games, and say, I think we might win the league again this year, son. But I won't say it until that happens. I was going to say that's bold for you because you don't even come up with match predictions half the time. No. <laughs> but, I mean, you look into this the United game, and I think surely, even from a United perspective, they're going to be in a very weird situation there. I mean, I mean, not the players, but the fans, where they're in a position where 
if they got a result against City, it's almost like nah, they almost won handing, the title handing, for Liverpool. Yeah, they're giving United, Liverpool the league title. So I mean, it's it's a very it's a weird one, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for all United fans, yeah, but I think the general consensus is that they want they don't want Liverpool to win the league. They don't want City to win the quadruple. So I think as long as um, City don't win the Champions League I think they'd be happy for City to, had- to win the league but they've also got a big top four battle which is very exciting as well I should add in this very good Premier League season where, where they kind of need the points then they've got Chelsea at home coming up as well before the end so um, and they've not played well for about 40 years so it's going to be tough to see for them um, how it's going to go I saw some United fans on social media saying that they would rather City won the quadruple than Liverpool win the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think, but I think, I think quadruple might be a bit, might be a bit of a stretch. I think they'd be very happy if City got the. Not very happy. They would rather City got the domestic treble and Liverpool won nothing, and someone else won the Champions League. But whilst as a fan. That's all very relevant and, and an interesting subject to discuss. The bottom line is that the players don't think that way and won't think that yeah. way, will they? The, the players and the manager will want to win the Manchester derby and they cannot possibly go into that game thinking, you know, not so bad if we lose today. I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has only just got the, the job. He wants to, to show that he is going to now be a, a great manager taking United forward. A lot of those players, from what we read and see, probably in the evening news, is better than anywhere else uh, actually talking you know they're talking about many of them being cleared out in the summer not necessarily having long term futures so they desperately will those players will desperately want to beat City in the Manchester derby so and and obviously there's the whole psychology thing of the Tottenham game I, I wish that City weren't playing Tottenham <laughs> just after the two Champions League ties because whichever way this Champions League tie goes if City come back now and win the tie and go through of course there's always two ways of looking at it are Tottenham psychologically shattered by that or do they then come to the Etihad on Saturday lunchtime thinking having been knocked out of the Champions League we are extra determined to now get a result to show that that we are better than we were in the Champions League. Conversely, if Tottenham go through, does that give them an extra... This is the negative way of looking at it, of course, but does that give Tottenham an extra skip in their stride and think they can come and do it again? Is it then City that are trying to prove a point in the league? Because so much of football, it feels, especially in these games of fine margins, is played in the head. It's about attitude. And so the next week, and a week and a half if you include the Dark, is to me fascinating to see how players, these big players, these big game players react to what happens in these individual matches as they go along. I love love football for that reason. Yeah, and it's it, it's fun watching as a neutral see City go up against Spurs so often. Spurs, the team that sort of really brought home for Guardiola how tough English football would be when they beat him at White Hart Lane two years ago. Last week, beaten City's first defeat for a few months but I kind of think Tottenham have played the trump card in this sort of scenario of games because they've had this game at the best stadium in the world that's ever existed that spoiler (laughs) alert it isn't Um, and they've had 
Fabian Delph at left back, which seems to confuse just about everyone. They've had City changing the, the shape of their team, um, and and now they don't have the best, but not best stadium in the world. They don't have Harry Kane. Deli Alley's broke his wrist. Um, Mendy was back against Palace and looked very good. Zinchenko's also hoping to make it for that game. Bernardo made an appearance. Bernardo Silva's back. Um, Vincent Company played at Palace and was really, really good. And City, I mean, Guardiola has already said City will go out to blow them away. And the last team that came to the Etihad and tried to play was Schalke. And that was 7-0. And the Chelsea. Team, the last team before them was Chelsea and they lost 6-0. So I'm not saying it's going to be a massive score, but I think City will come out and score goals. And mm. and then I think it's very hard for Tottenham to lift themselves for the league game. So I think City either win both or they uh, they suffer in both competitions. You literally took the next question out of my mouth because I was literally going to ask, do you think City will win both these games next week? And I, from a personal perspective, I thought as well that it's almost like it's a both or nothing scenario where yeah. heads could drop if they, if they lose. Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. Because so they've put so much into the Champions League as well and they've not been great in it all season, really. They've had troubles at Hoffenheim, at Leon. They lost to Leon at home. Um they they've been strangely poor but getting an english team guardiola sort of made it plain that he tried to keep it safe in the first leg so it's clearly a tactic they didn't want to lose the game but they wanted to make sure they were coming back to the etihad with something to play with they've got that so it's a calculated risk and if it pays off i think the momentum is all with them for the premier league game and you know there's also Liverpool who probably beat Huddersfield or mm. Cardiff yeah I think it's, it's just Cardiff isn't it this weekend but whoever it is they'll stroll through that yeah um, it, it's it's all about I, I'm absolutely at the point now where I'm convinced that the only way City will win the league this year is to win their every one of their remaining games big call I've been saying for a while Liverpool would drop a few before the end but but wouldn't you have thought if it was going to happen it would have happened against Chelsea or maybe away at Southampton you never know do yeah. you? Could it's not going to happen against Huddersfield or Cardiff is it you would not have thought so no I, I mean still got Wolves Wolves on the final day is is that's interesting that's a pesky fixture isn't it yeah I mean last match of the season Wolves. though and I mean I know you could probably throw QPR at me but uh, you know the last match in 2012 but generally speaking yeah Wolves I would, will be on the beach won't they in I, red yeah and you'd like you would expect that Anfield would really get behind them and not win it for them but I think the home crowd would make a difference for them on that day. I mean, if City have won every game up to that point so that a City win at Brighton wins them the league, that might slightly quell down the atmosphere at Anfield. Yeah, but if, if Liverpool draw one of the next three, then... City can lose one. City can lose one, yeah. Or City can be three points ahead with a better goal difference going into the final day. So Which is the dream. I kind of think <laughs> that... That may yet happen, but 
I so hope I, you're I right. Could, I couldn't tell you which <laughs> it's, game it's the Champions do League quarter semi-final potentially as well. I have to think of that for well, Liverpool if yeah, they're in exactly, between yeah. them as well. Yeah. They're going to get through Liverpool, aren't they? So they're going to be playing either United or Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, in the in the semi-finals, that is huge. Yeah. And although if City beat Tottenham, of course it will be huge against Juventus or Ajax. But I can't help thinking that the distraction for Liverpool might be bigger. Actually, well, I think as well. The two semi-final games City are at home to Leicester in between and Liverpool travel to Rafael Benitez's Newcastle who beat City at St James's so you know City have the the harder fixture list with five games left but as Ian said if they get past Tottenham and United then I think City's fixture list looks easier than, than Liverpool's does for the last few I think that's where the concern lies, isn't it? It's just playing teams at this stage where mentally, if they're on the beach, then you just you look at it and you think, oh, well, they're not going to drop points there. And I think in years gone by, that's gen- generally tend to have been the case in title races, hasn't it? Hasn't it? Yeah. But I mean, in, t- in terms of the match away from the matches, I mean, Pep was speaking about Kevin De Bruyne. So I'm, we've spoke on here in recent weeks, saying you just feel he's start. He's going to take some time for him to get back to his best. But do you think now we're starting to see the Kevin De Bruyne from maybe last season yeah I would I would not go as far as that um, partly because I said he was out of form pre Tottenham last week and someone got in touch to say I was being ridiculous and being stupid so um, nothing new there then. no 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 <laughs> but, you know you didn't have to be so harsh on me um, so was you I still think he's he's not quite there I think the performance against Palace was as close as we have seen to him running the game. And a lot of times this season, Guardiola has been asked about, you know, the impact of missing him because missing him, he's one of the best players in the league, if not the world. And so you would think that you would miss him like crazy, but results wise, they've been good enough to get on without him today. I might be wrong, but, um, the Palace game it felt like for the first time Guardiola said we've really missed him he can do things that nobody else can and he's really good and I don't think he would come out and say something like that in public if he was not confident that his injury issues were behind him and we were starting to see the player that uh, that he can be I mean his pass for Sterling for the first goal was amazing I thought his determination and he he literally dragged the ball off a Palace player and up the length of the pitch to give it to Jesus for the third so I thought that was as impressive Um, yeah as as impressive as I've seen him he seemed a bit downbeat didn't he in recent I mean interviews I've seen him on Sky and stuff when he's saying like there was something along the lines of him not being able to reach that level of last season that kind of thing so I mean I think it's a good bit of lift of confidence from Pep that comments like that wasn't it when he called him called his form as incredible there's an interview I've just uh, seen which has been posted on Twitter by some company or other I forget which company it was but Players Tribune Players very Tribune. good read it after you've watched absolutely you've to brilliant us. brilliant interview it really gets you under the skin of, of Kevin De Bruyne who admits that he's quite a shy and quiet person and talks about you know he, he growing up and the sacrifices he's made and uh, whilst we're here to talk about the 
of football in quite an analytical way. You know, you have to remember that these players are human beings and he, when you understand the sacrifices he's made and the, where he's come from, you understand his drive more, I think. And once it comes to these big games now, his drive comes to the fore. And I know he was on the bench at Tottenham and only came on for two or three minutes. But that's the first time for a little while and he is a, an absolutely unbelievable player with great skill quite rightly highlighted about those passes at, at Crystal Palace but he also has a tremendous inner strength and will to win he reminds me mentally of a Yaya Torre a bit you know a big game player who produces those things when he really needs to so I do feel that now from now on in you saw it just in those two or three minutes at Spurs he made a huge difference psychologically and imposingly in those last two or three minutes at Spurs that's why all the fans were saying well why didn't he start and everything but he will start against Spurs in the second leg he will start at Old Trafford of course he will and and he showed a bit more at, at Crystal Palace than he has done and it's him and his impact that will possibly be the difference now and take City onto these trophies because he yeah. he has a great inner strength. So have a watch of that video because it's great. Yeah. Um, you know, but but and then you'll understand where he's from and and I think he will and it, it and maybe when we look back on this season when it's over, people will think it might send a bizarre thing to say, but maybe having come back from the World Cup and then had a long stretch out because of injury may have ultimately done him done him good because you now get it in theory, not so much physically because they still train and he's had to recuperate and everything, but mentally a, a refreshed <clears throat> Kevin De Bruyne for this running. Hopefully, anyway. So he's more he's more honest than most footballers are, and he mm. stops to speak to us a lot more than most footballers do. So, yeah, he said he might not reach the levels of last season, and he's sort of given up on on trying to do that now. Stu Brennan wrote in his match report against Palace that that was a a, a little white lie, and that he is in fact returning. But I kind of think he he's not. I think he has given up on trying to reach last season's level. I think a lot of the time this season when he's been playing, he's been kind of like like a a computer game where you know the game, but you're playing on a different console. So all the buttons that you'd normally press and not quite doing the same as you should. And he's just kind of been out of sync whereas if you just say right forget it let's start a new game I'm really good at passing I can see passes that no one else can see and he's almost more dangerous now for having given up any pretension of trying to get back because he's sort of almost starting again and yeah he was I think Guardiola sees him as being absolutely pivotal for for the last few games. That's got to be analogy of the podcast. That was though, great, wasn't it? <laughs> I was thinking about one of City being almost like that boxer who gives up one or two rounds to come in later on, but yeah, that, that, yeah, one, yeah. that one trumps it. <laughs> but I know We've got a little trophy that we should be giving to uh, <laughs> yes. Simon for that. I'll take that, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, whatever happens, whatever's been said and whatever's happened to Kevin De Bruyne in the past, I mean, one thing's for sure is he will be needed now from now till the end of the season, especially for Tottenham on Wednesday night. So, I mean, I think that's just about pretty much everything we've covered now. So we'll be back, I think, later on in the week, Si. 
I'll be sure to do message drop me. you a message. Yes. I won't be doing a podcast. I won't just check the water. Yeah, I I am on, do. I'm on email. I'm on WhatsApp, <laughs> text. He's on everything you want. <laughs> I will do. And Ian, thank you very much again for joining us. We will be back later on in the week after Tottenham. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to us on Acast, Apple Podcasts, or any any of the other platforms you listen to us on. And we'll see you later in the week. <laughs>